This episode is brought to you by CRPS Warriors Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seat. The show is about to start. Hey guys, what's up? This is Phoebe. This is Mike. This is episode number 28 of the Mike and Phoebe show. This is for the CRPS Warriors Foundation series. And today we have a special guest calling in all the way from Las Vegas. This is Liza Seitz. She is the founder of Banduri Holistics, and she is a certified functional nutrition counselor and board certified holistic health practitioner. Liza specializes in chronic illness and autoimmune activation. Welcome, Liza. Hi, Phoebe. Hi, Mike. It's so wonderful to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you on, and I'm so happy that Deb Jankowski connected us with you, and I'm very excited to talk about um, your background and your experience. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely. It's It's been quite a journey. Um, I've been in the chronic health world for, gosh, over 14 years now. Uh, it started with me experiencing my own personal journey. I was diagnosed with a severe complicated, rare, all the words you don't want to hear, um, antibody activation. Um, it's, it ended up sending me to different specialty hospitals, uh, lots of questions, no, not very many answers. Um, and so I decided that it was time that I went and found the answers. And so I went to school, I did research um, and came to a place to try to understand, you know, how the functionality of the body uh, worked in correlation with chronic illness. And, you know, today I've been able to get myself to a stable and healthy place, um, considered high functioning, which I think for people in the chronic illness world is um, ultimately our goal. We never truly get to we don't always get to let that journey go. Um, for a lot of us, it's something that we learn to live with and we manage. Wow. You know, Liza, reading your story, you sent me your bio and now hearing it directly from you. Yeah. You know, uh, we hear a lot of stories when we're talking to people about um, CRPS Warriors Foundation. Everyone's mm -hmm. experience is a little different. And I I appreciate your personal uh, tie into it because I can feel your passion and your your ambition to mm -hmm. find a different answer and not be satisfied with uh, you know, mid answers. So like that. So I, I right. can appreciate your background with that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely yeah. been an interesting journey. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how do we look at pain from a functional lens? You want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, my, my journey sent me down, you know, a bit of a rabbit hole, which I think a lot of us end up going on, um, where I was hearing all of these different messages from different practitioners, but nothing really made sense to me. And so when I started doing my research and really trying to understand the body through that functional lens, understanding how it worked, why it worked, um, the way that it did, um, I, I really, you want to kind of look at and understand what purpose does pain serve? Um, and, and in its basic form, it's meant to be communication. And so, you know, when, when we think about communication and, you know, our connection to our body, um, we have to realize that our, our body has an extensive communication system. Um, it's, it's very dependent on having internal balances and um, harmony. So when we think of our body, a lot of the times we can get stuck in this mentality where we feel like it's us versus our body. Um, but at the end of the day, our body is extremely intentional. Every function serves a purpose. Even when it's in a compromised state, the body's still working to regulate and regain its balance. So when we have pain present, we really need to ask ourselves what systems are compromised and why. You know, when, when we have pain, it's, it's a downstream symptom. So it really forces us to look upstream to understand, is there dysfunction that's causing that to happen? So, you know, when I, when I talk to my clients, I really try to 
have them take inventory of what's going on and where we are. And is there something in our body that's preventing the, you know, the communication of pain from being turned off? Right. You know, um, when we were going to school, I remember being taught that about pain and um, the nervous system and things like that, mm-hmm. how the communication is from the brain sensory, you know, to your nerves. And if there's mm-hmm. like a blockage or some sort of misfire, you know, then yeah. it should tell us, oh, yeah, there's an issue with this part of the body. But then if there's a nerve, you know, miscommunication, you don't yeah. know. You just don't yeah. know. So. It's interesting that you talk about that too. And I'm glad that you discussed that with your clients that it's just, it's more than just what they believe the pain is from, you know, there could be something else. Right. Well, the pain ends up, you know, when we think of it, a lot of people are like the pain is the issue, but when we truly dive down and we understand the functionality, we realize that pain is the tip of the iceberg. And so what, how many layers have we built and comprised over the years um, that have led us to the path that we are on now? Um, you know, and, and how do we break that down? Right. And it's interesting that you mentioned that to different layers, because yes. and that kind of triggered a memory, you know, uh, let's say if I have like back pain, like, oh, man, I thought I just tweaked this, you know, doing mm-hmm. too much lifting something heavy, but then it could be something else that could have led up to that, that no one oh. really realized, you know, so oh, yeah. you do have to pay attention. <laughs> sure do. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the times when we're looking at back pain and whatnot, I mean, is there something in the kidneys that we need to look into? You know, is there is there some other contributing factor that, you know, we just we just don't have the whole picture we're not looking at, you know, and we don't always realize how intricately connected each and every system is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mike and I were just talking about that oddly enough, you know, <laughs> you were saying about back pain and then uh, yeah. now is, is there something wrong with the kidney? What else yeah. is correlated around that area? Yeah. You know, sure. as we get older, it's, it's like, uh, oh, you got to pay attention a little bit more. It yeah. could be mm-hmm. something else. So start being aware. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. First step is yeah. awareness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, um, why does pain change from acute to chronic? You know, um, I found that a very interesting question that you put on there. So um, I'm interested to see what your answer is. Okay, so when we think of pain and what type of communication it's meant to be, it is supposed to be a temporary communication. It's supposed to tell us that something needs attention. So um, when we find ourselves going from a state of, of acute situation to a chronic situation, we have to understand what are the contributing factors? What type of pain are we dealing with? You know, if, if somebody's in a car accident, you know, we have tissue damage. We, we have, you know, the nociceptive pain where an injury has been afflicted. The body needs to heal, right? So it's sending out this message. It's like, there's a problem, heal. And, and then we move into, you know, could it be that, that with that car accident, now, you know, what should have been a three month situation has turned to a six month situation because we also had nerve damage to to compile on top of that. So we have the neuropathic pain, which again, technically is meant to be acute. But a lot of the times we can see neuropathic pain changing to a chronic situation because we're dealing with nerves. And so anytime we're dealing with nerves, we have to also understand that our body functions through feedback systems. And with those those nerves, we have electrical signaling. Our body depends on chemical signaling. So we start kind of bringing in more systems. It's not as simple as I cut myself, I need to heal. Now the body has gotten more involved. We, we talked about those layers, right? The, the, the iceberg. Now we're diving into deeper levels where we can start to see there is a higher level of dysfunction. And so if somebody has a a chronic situation that might have not presented itself fully before the the incident now is in full presentation so it it really can kind of we have to really try to break down and see where when we're dealing with acute 
and we make the, the move to chronic, where in our system is it not able to communicate with itself, you know, and, and how is that affecting us on a larger scale? You know, and, and, and it really it really dives into there's so many layers when we truly pull it apart and try to understand, you know, exactly what's at play, you know, what's causing our body to be in a hyper state and remain there, you know, and and so unfortunately, when when we're dealing with cofactors um, that, that are causing dysregulation, you know, the, the body's ability to communicate and regulate that feedback is compromised, you know, so um, we, we, we can start to see other things start to come in um, that we that we might not. I mean, we're just focusing on the pain, right? Or we're focusing on the incident. We're focusing on the car accident. The car accident happened. It caused injury. Now I have pain. The pain's not going away. We don't really see all of the layers that are underneath um, that could be contributing to why our alarm system isn't having the ability to turn off. Wow, that's very interesting. And yeah. since you talk about the cofactors, do you want to explain yeah. what are the cofactors that um, can affect our body's ability to regulate pain? You're kind of touching on that a little bit. So you want to go into detail about that? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know how often we hear um, that runs in the family, you know, when we're thinking of genetics. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. we think right. back to all the things, you know, like that, that ran in the family. Um, so, you know, genetic predispositions can be a factor. Um, but when we dive a little deeper, and we actually look into something called epigenetics, that is when we understand Understand that we can have genetic predispositions present, but how we have those, those genes expressed, the things that are affecting our gene expression, um, whether it be lifestyle, whether it be environmental, um, there's so many other things that when we're talking about genetics that we don't realize play a factor. Um, you know, do we have comorbidities present? Um, you know, it's, and, and that can really break down to, you know, do we have antibody activation? A lot of the times you won't know until the alarms are screaming. You know, I don't know how many times people have gone through the challenge of trying to have an autoimmune condition diagnosed. Um, it, it can be quite unpleasant. You, you know something's wrong, but unfortunately, there's just no answers. The, the tests aren't responding the way you want it to, or, you know, things can flare and then calm. Um, so it can be very um, confusing at times and frustrating. Um, do we have nutritional and mineral deficiencies? Is our body working with a full deck? What are we putting into it that is allowing it to function properly? You know, um, do we have recurrent infections? People aren't aware that there's infections that can lie dormant in our system um, when we have injury, when we have stress, when our sleep is affected, when life happens, those infections can wake up. And they can wreak havoc, you know, so that can also cause dysregulation in our body's ability to communicate. When that system has dysregulation, is there immunological dysregulation? You know, that's talking to people who do you find yourself allergic to the world, <laughs> you know, whether that be mm. food environmental exposures, um, you name it, you know, it's, we don't realize that we started with one miscommunication. And before we know it, all the other systems fell in line, you know, and because they're all depending on each other, right? So when one falls, others have to take the weight, they have to take the brunt. And so it, it starts to kind of compromise down the line. You know, do, do we have a heavy toxic load? What are we exposed to? You know, are detox pathways functioning properly? You know, I know a lot of this can sound very overwhelming when we look at it as one big picture. But when we break it down into small digestible pieces, it's actually not as overwhelming as it sounds. You know, I think it's really important to, to really see that when 
something isn't working, what are the factors that are affecting it? You know, and and so, you know, when we see all these things, we're like, oh my gosh, that's so much stuff. But at the end of the day, it's also answers. It's also tools and power that you can take and then try to support and change. You know, so it's it really it really can give you back the power when you think about it because we come from a place of, I don't know what's going on. Everything just feels broken to, Hey, maybe this is a direction I can go to find some answers. You know, Liza, it's interesting that you say that about um, knowing what the cofactors are that can affect your body's ability to regulate pain. You know, so many times in the world you hear about unfair health stories, you know, like, uh, one of the ones that I remember, George Burns, he lived mm. to be, what, 101 years old or, yeah. you know, something. He lived a long, long life, but he smoked cigars. He drank, you know, all the, the heavy, you know, alcohol and things like that. Yep. But he right. lived up until 101 years old. And then you hear a story about a young person, 30, 40, 50 years old, having, you know, lung cancer all of a sudden. Yeah. They didn't smoke. They did all the right things, yeah. ate healthy, mm-hmm. yep. and, but it's about the genetics and, yeah. and yeah. also the cofactors. You don't know what that person's um, genetics is if they had other issues too that they didn't realize. But that's, oh. that's so interesting that you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Chronic illness doesn't know age. It, it doesn't know um, individual, you know. I, I mean, when my condition, when we first tried to diagnose my condition, I was in my early 20s. Um, I had early onset. So, you know, uh, uh, that kind of was against me, you know, because all the doctors, I'm walking into these offices and they're looking at me like, you're a kid, get out of here. Like, you don't need, you don't, you don't need to be here. And, but at the end of the day, age didn't know my suffering. You know, so the, you couldn't put an age or or a classification on someone's struggle, you know. So I think we really have to truly understand that um, it can it can affect anyone. Anyone is is a factor in, in this situation. You know, I mean, just in general, if people have a thyroid condition, like we think about how important. So we're thinking about the nervous system, right? And chemical signaling. Um, the endocrine system plays a huge role. And so many people struggle with their thyroid and they don't even know it. They don't even realize that they that they have hypothyroidism, um, that that their that their hormones are imbalanced. You know, but thyroid hormones play an essential role in the development and function of our nervous system, you know, so that in its own, if if we just had that information under our belt, and we realized all of the factors that go into what is you know, when, when we're dealing with chronic pain, it's, it can, it's attached to chronic illness. There's some type of dysfunction. We have to trace it back. We have to kind of find the map that shows us what are the systems that are affected and, and how do we support those systems? Because it's, you know, a lot of the times we feel like it's hopeless. Like, what do we do with this? Um, But at the end of the day, when you when you can trace back what's not functioning properly and then you come from a place of support and you support those areas the body remember we the body wants to regain balance it wants to regain homeostasis so it will it we just have to find how do we support it properly to allow it to do that right and talking about pain um you want to explain what is the relationship between trauma and pain yeah, so that's a big one. Um, when we think of trauma, you know, we really have to understand its connection to our nervous system. I mean, really to our system as a whole in general. Trauma is a spectrum, right? So uh, we, we sometimes think that it's this horrific, horrible thing. Um, and that's what classifies trauma. Trauma can be a whole range of things that our body had to, you know, it, it keeps a score of. It, it's, it went through something. There wasn't resolution. And so in that moment, it affected our nervous system. It affected our brain's ability to function, you know, and we have individuals who go through traumatic events like that car accident, right? 
But then we also have individuals that go through complex trauma, which is a whole nother rabbit hole, um, you know, that, that really needs more research and more understanding, especially in the pain field. You know, when, when we think of that traumatic event, we think a wound was inflicted. Um, the body has to process that. As long as we get the tools and the resources to heal the wound properly, we'll see a scar but we can move forward. We, we, can, we can heal and, and, and move into the next chapter, right? So, but when we have complex trauma, this is a wound that is inflicted, but before it has the opportunity to heal, another wound is inflicted. And this is a cycle that can continue a pattern um, for years. For and, and it can be very complicated to heal those wounds. Um, and for individuals with chronic illness, they unfortunately at times can experience medical trauma. And that is very much a form of complex trauma. Um, when you are going through a circumstance that you can't find solutions, that you're struggling to understand what's going on, you are struggling to find resources to help support you and make a difference in your circumstance, it, it can be very hard to move through that situation to find healing, you know. So we, we have to understand what trauma does to to our nervous system and to our brain. It, it has the ability to disrupt and pause functionality. Complex trauma can change the way parts of our brain develop, especially when it's during earlier years of life, you know, during adolescence, how that person grows and develops into their adulthood, which then when we have circumstances where our nervous system is activated, right? pain activates the nervous system when we have the factor of trauma that is that is kind of compiled onto that situation how has that then made that so much harder for somebody to move through you know liza when you're talking about the physical aspect of uh, pain and trauma i was mm -hmm. thinking um, i'm going to throw another little question out there so yeah. not only about the physical aspect but what about the emotional aspect of it um, going through the trauma and uh, through yeah. your experience, maybe the, uh, any clients that you've spoken to, how do you right. feel that stress um, plays a role into their healing? Oh gosh, it plays such a huge role. So when we think about trauma and how our body registers it, um, it, it activates a part of our nervous system um, that is it can put us in a state of, of constant hyper-awareness. You are in constant threat assessment. You know, I like to, I like to kind of create a visual of someone that goes through trauma. You, you know, you, you're this antenna, right? And you have information that you're supposed to be processing. It's coming at you. But unfortunately, because of your circumstances and what you've been through, your wires have been stripped. So you're this big antenna, you're trying to process this information, and your wires are stripped, you are raw, you are exposed, um, and you are constantly assessing your situation for the next threat, the next thing that is going to have an adverse um, effect, uh, the next thing that's going to have an adverse effect on your circumstances, you know, and, and when we think of the connection between our emotional state and our physical state, what we have to understand is, is that accesses our fight and flight system in the sympathetic part of our nervous system. Um, and when that gets activated, um, our, our body diverts resources, right? You're trying to run from a lion. So what does it need to do? Because it's always thinking, right? The big picture, functionality. It, you're, you're trying to run from a lion and it doesn't know the difference between the lion or the car accident. So it's going to divert the resources needed to get you to where you need to be. It's, that's the problem. Here's the solution. I need to get you to, from point A to point B. So what it does is it divert, diverts the resources for your rest, your digest, and your healing. Now, when we think of how important being able to sleep 
and calm our system is. When we think of how important being able to digest food and have that intake of nutrient, um, you know, a lot of chronic illness is surrounded upon nutrient deficiency, mineral deficiency. So, so our ability to digest is extremely important. Um, and, and the body is, isn't in a calm state. It's not safe. So it doesn't have the time to heal. It just has to keep going. So you're in a constant state of, you know, go, let's go. Um, and so when someone stays in that state for too long, you're at a higher risk for chronic illness and disease. You're at a higher risk for mental illness. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, oh gosh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. Um, That's okay. Um, you know, go ahead. You know, it's interesting that you say that we're in a constant state of fight or flight. And I've experienced that personally. Uh, Mike and I were married. So we've gone through a few situations with, you know, our parents and even ourselves. So um, it is very important to focus on your own self if you're the one that's healing. But we Mm -hmm. take so many things for granted, the nutrition, Mm -hmm. especially when you talk about nutrition, you know, um, Nowadays, our culture seems like it's very, it's kind of mixed. I, I see a lot mm-hmm. of, um, you know, processed food, unhealthy food, but then yeah. there's um, the other side of society and culture that is focused on eating healthy, everything organic, you know, gluten-free, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. dairy-free. And especially as I've gotten older, I've noticed there's a little bit more sensitivities than what I realized that I didn't have in my 20s, that now all of a mm-hmm. sudden why am I having dairy <laughs> intolerance when I didn't have it before? Yeah. But it's all yeah. with um, going through age and things like that. So it's very interesting that you talk about nutrition and the holistic side of it. Well, and when you, when yeah. you, when you say, and you mentioned, you know, I didn't have that problem before what kind of comes up for me is, okay, what's the health of the digestion system? Do we have proper digestive enzymes active? Do you know, how is the body breaking things down? Um, you know, where, where's the liver at? Because a lot of the times we don't realize how much the liver plays a role in our body's metabolization of everything. You know, it's, it's, it's constantly working 500 tasks a day, um, trying to break down and clean out our system. And so if we're seeing that there's, you know, a struggle with certain particular things, we have to ask ourselves where, you know, where can I trace that back to what's, what's not getting broken down and why can't my body clear it? You know, it's very interesting that you talk about digestion because when I was in school and, you know, back in the day, they didn't give us an entire breakdown of how important the digestive system is and how important. I mean, it's obvious it's important because that's where you break down the food, but where they Mm -hmm. they spoke about if your stomach and your enzymes, your gut does not have Mm -hmm. good bacteria good processes, then yeah, it's going to affect how you take in nutrition. So it's very interesting that you talk about the holistic approach about that. Well, and as we get older, you hear a lot of people say, you know, they struggle with heartburn, they struggle, uh, they they think, or, or they've been told that, you know, you have acid reflux, you, there's, there's, a, um, there's too much um, stomach acid they're going on and, and it's causing disruption. But as we age, it actually is scientifically shown that we have an insufficiency of stomach acid. Our hydrochloric acid actually drops. And so our ability to break things down and process things, um, you know, which can make a lot of those mineral deficiencies present and, and whatnot. Um, you know, so are, are we taking, um, these over the counter prescriptions to try to calm that stomach acid. But if we don't have enough and we're calming it, could we be potentially causing more of an issue? Um, you know, there's a lot of different aspects that you can look at when, when we're looking into, you know, how's our, how's our digestive system working? Oh, Liza, when you talk about having uh, acid reflux and having, you know, all that, that, that kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, Oh my God, because I have, acid reflux like a couple nights you know I have bad nights and other times not so much 
but um, right. <laughs> you were striking more of a chord than what you realized. Yeah, especially for the indigestion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. We're learning right? more and more right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ever, well, since, I mean, uh, ever since about uh, two years ago, you know, uh, I, I had uh, COVID real bad. And uh, since that was two years ago, it seems like every two and a half to three months, I get this uh, major indigestion. Um, Mm. or congestion mm. it doesn't actually seem to want to i guess digest and so mm. then you get the uh, gas pain you get all the mm-hmm. extra things that go through and it seems like it's uh, your body needs more fiber it needs more everything mm. else fully properly uh work yeah well and too realizing that the digestive system doesn't just you know the the our stomach doesn't just work by itself you know it we depend on the gallbladder we depend on the pancreas we you know it it's it, there's a, a multi-system aspect to it you know and so a lot of the times when people are having digestional issues or they're, they're struggling with pain and whatnot um is your gallbladder functioning properly you know um is your body able to kind of clear out that bile um and we don't really realize that there is multiple systems involved. So we don't even think about it, you know, it is it. And, and again, it stems back to that communication in the body. Is it, is it able to talk to itself and, and regulate, or there are there things that are, you know, inhibiting its ability to function? You know, that's very interesting that you bring that up. And while we're on the topic of the holistic approach, and this is very yeah. interesting to me, my own personal experience. So how can we find healing with a holistic approach? You know, we're so um, used to the Western medication where we've right. been brought up with that. It's, it's a culture, but um, mm-hmm. now they're not now, not just now, but like I would say within the last 20 to 30 years, seems like yeah. the holistic approach is now coming more into play. More people are yeah. talking about it. There's more information out there. There's more research. So um, do you want to talk about the holistic approach? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when we think about Western medicine and traditional modalities, a lot of the times their approach is coming from a place of speciality and symptomology. So they they kind of pull people apart into pieces, right? So you're going to see a cardiologist for this. You're going to see an ENT for that. You're going it, to, it breaks people apart and into symptomology and they end up struggling with seeing themselves as a whole person. And when it, when we think of the holistic approach, that's truly what we're doing is we're trying to recognize that if we're going to heal, we have to heal as a whole being that, you know, the, the cardiovascular issue could be attached to the other issue and that everything is so intricately connected that, you know, if, and where is the communication not what it needs to be? And then unfortunately, is the communication happening between practitioners to where everybody understands like, oh, hey, this is playing a role in that. This could be affecting this. Coming together as a team to really see what is the bigger picture, you know, and I've been there. I, I have... I've been broken into my pieces and my symptomology. And a lot of the times you end up identifying as the disease itself, you know, like you don't even feel like a whole person anymore. You're, you're the symptoms or you're the sickness and it can be really devastating to try to heal and survive all at the same time, you know? So we have to understand that we can't heal the outside body without taking care of the inside as well. And that, you know, what I try to do with with my practice is, is I try to bridge the gaps that unfortunately are there between, you know, the traditional and holistic modalities where there is a place and a purpose for everything. And everybody's path is going to be their own. So I will never hold an opinion for how somebody chooses to heal. That is their right. And so everybody deserves to have access to all modalities. I, I mean, if, if you don't know about something, how can you try to see if it works for you? You know, so it, really educating ourselves, understanding what's available and, and, you know, whether it's through supplementation, whether it's through herbal, 
you know, resources, you know, activity of, or exercise of, you know, to, to reach certain goal. You know, there's so many different ways and to accessing those parts of ourselves that have been buried with trauma um, that we don't even know, you know, do we have any, you know, mental and spiritual wounds hanging around that are inhibiting our body's ability to function properly. You know, it's it's kind of a, a, a all-access all trip into the body and, and realizing that everything's connected, everything has a purpose, and that with the proper support, the body will respond. You know, when uh, Deb sent me your information when we were setting up this uh, podcast and I saw that you're into holistics, your background... Yeah. I got yeah. so excited because I wanted to learn more. I wanted to hear more about that because, um, yeah. you know, my own personal experience with uh, holistic, I wouldn't even say medication, holistic experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. When I was 16, I was, uh, my sister and I did Taekwondo. Okay. And we were trying to be more active, you know, uh, besides just going to school and going, doing PE and stuff like that. So we started taking Taekwondo and a couple of times I got injured because I landed wrongly on my ankles. You know, you do Mm. the jump kicks and stuff like that. And two separate times I landed when I was doing the kick, I landed on my left ankle and I ended up spraining it. And Mm. we didn't have insurance back then. We, you know, it was back in the late mid 90s. And um, we didn't have medical insurance. And I was like, Oh, my God, what am I gonna do? You know, I, um, I sprained my ankle or I didn't break it, but I knew I hurt my ankle. And uh, the Taekwondo instructor, the master, he um, told me, you know, he's done acupuncture, and he's done mm-hmm. acupressure all his life. Mm-hmm. He's 60 years old at that time. And mm-hmm. he asked me, do you want me to help you with the inflammation and do mm-hmm. some acupuncture? And, yeah. you know, my limited experience as a 16 year old, <laughs> knowing about acupuncture, I was scared. And I was like, oh my God, needles. Number one, I hate needles. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't want needles anywhere near me. But then um, I thought it would be painful because just the vision of thinking having tons of ne- needles put yeah. in your body and you walk around like a pincushion, you know, but um, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm in so much pain. Just help me. Yeah. You know, help me out. Mm-hmm. And it taught me so much that the nerves that was inflamed and, you know, broke, not broken, but was inflamed due to the injury was correlated. So it was my left ankle and the nerves was affecting the nerves from my pinky on my right finger. My right hand was mm-hmm. directly correlated to my left ankle. And that mm-hmm. to me blew my mind. I was like, are you sure? You know, you're looking at my <laughs> right feet, but my left ankle is the one that's swollen. And I correct him and he said no no phoebe it's correct because it's it's the whole flow your yeah. nerve mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my little brain back then didn't understand it i didn't know but um over the course of weeks he did acupuncture on my pinky at the uh what is that the first the last uh crutch not the crutch okay. the at the tip yeah the little yeah. there and um he slowly was able to bring down the inflammation and I couldn't believe it. And yeah. that to me told me. And then like a couple months later, I was being careless again, didn't learn how to land right. And guess what? I did the same stupid thing on my right ankle, landed mm. on my right ankle incorrectly. So then I knew, okay, would that be the left pinky? And he said, yeah. So, okay, let's do that, please. But now, then I learned, you know, I guess it took two times of me yeah. <laughs> landing incorrectly. But the point is, you know, learning about the flow that you were talking yeah. about, the holistic flow that everything is connected. Who yeah. would have thought something on yeah. your hand, your pinky would be correlating to your ankle, but it does. It's one yeah. whole flow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything we experience is energy, right? So, you know, of of any nature, there's, there's all sorts of different types of energy. And so, you know, a lot of the time when we think of obstructions and um, issues with functionality, we have to understand that where is the energy not flowing and, and why, you know? And so for you, like you got to see in person that there, there was an obstruction somewhere that something wasn't happy and that when you gave it support, it responded 
and you got better, you know? And I think that a lot of the times when we're dealing with chronic illness and, and we've been dealing with it for so long and, and we feel like we've ex- exhausted all resources to try to understand and figure things out. And a lot of the times we have only looked into traditional modalities. That is what we are exposed to. That's what's in front of us. That's what we're told to do, right? Society paints this picture. I I mean, if people even go get help at all, because a lot of the times society also paints the picture of no pain, no gain, get up and keep going, you know? So how often are we told to ignore what's happening? Like I'm 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 so grateful that your coach recognized you had an injury and was like, okay, we're going to address this and handle it instead of telling you get up and keep going. Because I coming, I I was in um, gymnastics and a lot of the times we were told you'll be fine. Shake it off. How many times are we told that? Right. Like shake it off. Keep going. And then we cause permanent damage. Um, You know, so I I think we have to get to a a place where we listen to ourselves. We listen to the communication that's in front of us. And we understand that when we respond back and we're gentle with ourselves and we come from a place of compassion and understanding um, that, that we truly, you know, the body can do anything. It, it, you hear stories all the time, these miracle stories of that, you know, this healed and how did this happen? Because the body worked the way that it was intended. That's how it happened. You know, absolutely. Now, since we're talking a lot about pain and, you know, but this is with uh, the CRPS Warriors Foundation series. Yes. So being talking about that, how did you get connected with uh, Deb Jankowski and the CRPS Warriors Foundation? So me and Deb got connected through the Vegas Chamber of Commerce through Joe Green. Um, and he after me and him had a conversation and I, I told him everything that I was about, he was like, you know what? I think I know somebody that is in the same place, you know, same mindset as you are, um, trying to do the same things, um, you know, and, and he couldn't have been more right. Deb is an absolute phenomenal human being. Um, and we really, bonded in the sense of we wanted to leave this better that we we bonded in a sense where we wanted to leave this this place better than we found it you know there there's people that are struggling that are suffering um we understand that struggle we we've both been through that suffering and and we hope to one day help and see people be able to put that behind them and move forward into a better chapter you know um when you said joe green i'm glad that we have like similar uh connections because Deb also connected us with Joe Green. Sure Vegas. Hey Joe. Shout out to him, Joe Vegas. Right. Yeah. And just from the, the one interaction that we did over the phone with Joe, we mm-hmm. um we like the Vegas chamber. We like the direction that they're going. So yeah. um we definitely they're doing see amazing a work. future there. Oh yes. 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 Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad that you're with the Vegas chamber. So we're not we're Thank not gonna you. be um you know, unfamiliar when we decide to go in that direction. So that's yeah. really yes, cool. Yeah. That would we be could, wonderful. Yeah. We, we could tell instantly that uh, he was more willing to help, you know, help out in any way, shape or form. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they really We're take the time. Yes. We're very lucky that we um, got into connection with the various chambers. Um, right now we're with the Paris Chamber Valley. Paris Valley Chamber of Commerce. I totally got that screwed <laughs> up in my mind. Yeah. And so we're very happy there, but we're also looking to expand our network connections. So it's it's really cool that you're um, with the Vegas Chamber. And uh, there's a good potential. I mean, just from what Joe told us, there's so much more going on there. You know, obviously it's the entertainment industry. I think we're kind of digressing more, but um, yeah, that's, it's very interesting. So I'm glad that we're not going to be uh, strangers if we decide to go there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Talking about Vegas. Now I saw on social media that you and Deb and um, you guys were all part of the, now it's an official mascot, right? Ready? Yeah. I saw that you guys were at the, silent auction booth you want to tell me about 
about the uh, Ruddy's guest appearance. His, I guess it's a world premiere now, right? You want <laughs> right. to tell me about that and how you helped with the silent, <laughs> the silent auction booth? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was amazing to see all the hard work that had gone into just the preparation and creation of that event. You can tell the dedication and determination that Deb and Gary and the CRPS fa- like team, the CRPS Foundation team really, um, you know, the the amount of care that they put into um, the things that they're trying to build for the foundation is just amazing. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of it and and to, to really see um, everything that they're accomplishing and they're doing ready was amazing. It was so much fun. The I, I mean, he he's just there's so much energy. And, and I really can't wait to see all the work that he can do with the little warriors and and, and really creating the awareness and and hopefully some more compassion for the condition that that affects so many you know it's it, it was a beautiful night they they were really successful everything went really well lots of laughter and and everybody had a great time so it, it was it was awesome you know um, I saw the pictures of ready and the picture that I um, have envisioned in my mind before seeing a picture of ready himself I was thinking okay a, a He's a mascot. So what's he going to look like? You know, and right. immediately right. my memory, <laughs> my memory went to when I was a kid, you know, um, yeah. say yep. no to drug, yep. all the yep. mascots yep. that you see back as mm-hmm. a kid. And mm-hmm. that immediately brought back memories. And, you know, uh, having an official mascot is such an important uh, branding material right. because yeah. you just automatically, oh, ready. Well, who's ready? You know, who's ready with what's he doing? Oh, wait, no, CRPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing mm-hmm. him at the there in Vegas. Yeah. I remember seeing pictures of that. And then you you just want to, it just locks in your memory and you want to find out more. So the fact that right. you're talking about bringing awareness to CRPS Warriors Foundation, I yes. love the fact that I've had that vision of bringing okay. Ruddy the mascot in. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when he walked into the room, you know, everybody in the beginning, you know, they're quiet, they're doing their thing and whatnot. And the moment he walks into the room, the energy shifts, it changes, you know, and you can see the smiles and the engagement and you know so it really it definitely makes a difference you know we when when we're dealing with such heavy and hard things sometimes we need that light you know we need something to look to and um to be able to relate to and and he really it it was it was really awesome it's all that everybody was so happy and and the response was so warming so it, it was really nice experience that is amazing. I could just envision, you know, I didn't see videos, but I can envision right. everyone clapping and cheering, bringing, you know, hey, let's yep. bring on Ruddy, our mascot. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, and he came into that room. He he brought the energy for sure, you know, so it was it was wonderful. Everybody really enjoyed him. Oh, that is too funny. Good. I don't know if this is going to take away from the magic, you know, if this is like <laughs> private information that we can't discuss, but yeah. can you say who is the mascot? Who was behind? Who's I, the person behind I, the mascot? I don't know. And, and, oh. and Deb is, is very, very, um, she, she is a mastermind in her own right. So I, I don't oh. know. Um, re- so, so the magic of ready continues because I, I was not privy to such situations, <laughs> such information. I so. love it. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Keep the mystery going. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It was yeah, but to, he was perfect. <laughs> we're gonna have to start that mystery machine all over again. <laughs> <laughs> right. So who did it? <laughs> yeah. That was too funny. You know, maybe yeah. that could be like a, a trivia team or something, or I don't right. know if we want to go in there, but that is so yeah, hilarious. Yeah. That opens up different uh, topics and things like that. Yeah. Right. For oh, sure. Liza, I'm, I'm so happy that we're able to talk, and I'm so appreciative, too, of you um, giving us your background, opening up personally about your uh, medical background, and how I appreciate how you had that you know, it's a negative experience, traumatic experience with your medical issues, but how you came out of it. And I'm a strong and firm believer of coming out of negative situations because you're always going to go through, you know, stuff in life that's not so happy, rainbows and unicorns and, you know, glitter everywhere. That's not life. It's going to be ups and downs, but the point is getting through it and having the support. So everyone that we talk to in this podcast series have 
so has inspired us and have uplifted us. And so I'm happy that you're able to talk to us about your background and give us more information about the holistic side as well. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. This has been an absolute amazing experience. And just, you know, I love to be able to share any knowledge that I have. And if it helps benefit one person, then it was worth it. You know, whenever we go through those circumstances, you know, where's the silver lining? It it can be hard to, to find that, you know, and this this practice and and my clients, they are my silver lining. They're what kind of keeps me going in the times when, you know, chronic illness doesn't always go away for all of us. And that's my story. I will always live and manage with it. Um, But that's okay. I can still have the life that I desire. And you know, struggle in other ways. Um, it, it doesn't have to be a defining truth. You know, we can we can own both. We, we don't, it's not one or the other. Um, so I, I love to be able to share that message with people that you can be struggling and thriving all at the same time, you know, just one step at a time. You know, when you say that, that's an awesome slogan too, because right. not, not so often do we hear that. Oh, you know, it's either, yeah. yeah, we're struggling. Yeah, that's crap. Oh my God, this and that, mm-hmm. the negative side. But you know what? You can struggle and you can still thrive. So I, I like that saying. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a lived practice. <laughs> you, you get to that point where you're just like this. Oh my gosh, this is it. Yeah. And But, you know, you do. You have to realize like, okay, some circumstances are what they are. And how do I, how do I move through it? How do I get to the other side of it? Um, You know, and and that's why I love CRPS so much, because I feel like every day that's what they're doing for their people is they they they're faced with, uh, you know, a difficult and challenging situation. How do we move through it? How do we find support? How do we get the resources to people that they need to to help them through this, Um, you know, to find their light at the end of the tunnel? It's there. We just have to keep looking. Yes, absolutely. Sure do. And folks, you guys are listening. If you want to contact Liza, you can find her on her website. It's Banduri Holistics and it's Banduri, B-A-N-D-U-R-I, then holistics, all one word, dot com. Or you can also find her on her social media. But as a primary contact, find her under the contact page on Banduri Holistics. Her Instagram is Banduri underscore holistics and her LinkedIn account is Liza Seitz and it's Liza L-I-Z-A Seitz S-E-I-T-Z. Liza, thank you so much. So um, folks, tune in for the next episode in the CRPS Warriors Foundation. This is going to be airing July 1st, Saturday. Um, that's on Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. We're going to have Deborah Jankowski. She is the CEO, president, and founder of CRPS Warriors Foundation. We interviewed uh, Deb the first episode in our um, series. Now we want to catch up with her because she has a lot to talk to us about. Give us more of an insight about Ruddy's guest appearance, maybe. Yeah, big yeah. updates. Big updates, yes. Big big updates about CRPS Warriors Foundation. They just hit their three-year anniversary. So that's a momentous occasion. You better believe it. So that's going to be out on Saturday, July 1st. And then also tune in, um, find CRPS Warriors Foundation on YouTube because they um, released a trailer a few weeks ago on their docu-series. And it's just like a minute long. I mean, maybe 30 seconds, a minute long. It was just a little teaser. And when I watched it, mm-hmm. uh, Liza, I don't know if you watched it too, but I, I felt wanting. I was like, what else is yeah. going on? I. I yeah. want to see more. So oh, I'm yeah. so excited. Definitely see- very pulling. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see the whole docuseries. So it's just a little yes. teaser. Just I a little, know. A little I know. Nibble, like, come on. <laughs> right. Really? Not fair. <laughs> Leave me on the cliff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very, very cool, though. And Liza, thank you so much. I so enjoyed com- uh, talking to you today. Thank you. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. You guys are awesome. This was a wonderful opportunity. I'm grateful. Thanks for listening to The Mike and Phoebe Show on Alternative Twist Radio. If you missed any past episodes, just search The Mike and Phoebe Show or Alternative Twist Radio on any major podcast app.